0: Foundations.
1: So is this talking about the same character or another character yeah. who is in the likeness of? So again, you get to the question, is Melchizedek a pre-incarnate Jesus or not? We don't know.
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. When we've learned about the law of Moses, we didn't really look at the role of the priests. But there have been two primary priesthoods, and it's important to compare them so that we understand their roles and why they differ the way they do. In the next couple of programs, we're going to learn about the priesthood of Melchizedek and the Levitical priesthood.
1: Yeah, they're very interesting. It's fascinating, the role of the priests and why God established a priesthood only to supersede it with something else? if mm. why, What was the point of that? If one was doing the job why did it have to be replaced? Yeah. But it's interesting that when you go back a little bit before, well actually not a little bit, it's quite a long way actually to the days of Abraham to the days when Melchizedek was actually king and priest in the city of Salem which eventually became the city of Jerusalem. So we're going to look at those priesthoods um, firstly looking at the person of Melchizedek, who, who was he? Is He was um, almost a, a very mysterious
0: mm, that's character. That's right, it's just this curious character that appears briefly, Genesis 14, he's mentioned one other time in Psalms, mm. and then of course in Hebrews it's raised again, but that's not a lot to go with, is it? As far as um, no. understanding the character. And the no. other thing I want to understand is how do you say it? Because I say Mel <laughs> but I just heard you say it differently. So I is there an official way?
1: I'm 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 fairly sure that it's <laughs> Mel and I say it so often now that I find it hard to say Mel. What is it? Mel yeah is how I always said it. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it actually matters. It's, I think it's more a habit. Yeah. So feel free to say Mel. Melchizedek, yes. well, and I'll say Melchizedek.
0: I'll stumble over yours and you'll stumble <laughs> over mine, so it's probably safer. Let's, to do that. <laughs> there are so many
1: other things we could have a bone of contention about. Yep. Let's not make that one of them. Very cool. So, the big actually, one of the big bones of contention is was Melchizedek actually a pre incarnate Jesus? Mm. And so, was he a theophany? The thing is, we, we don't actually know. You, you said yourself, there's very little information in the Bible about who this man was, but we do know that he was a priest before God and he had some interaction with Abraham.
0: Yeah, so this is found in Genesis 14, the account of where Lot is actually has been separated from Abraham and there's a bit of a raid, a few kings all have a fight together and Lot and all of his family get taken away hostage mm. at the end of this battle And Abraham actually forms a raiding party and goes and rescues them all. It's quite quite an amazing (laughs) story. But on the way back, they've basically rescued Lot and his family. They've plundered these other kings. And then they come back to Salem and Melchizedek appears. And there's this very interesting exchange that goes on. Mm. Abraham offers tithes to Melchizedek. And then he offers to Abraham bread and wine, which is obviously quite curious.
1: Mm, very much.
0: And then that's sort of all we hear. That's you know, that little yes. passage, Genesis 14, and then he's gone. And as mentioned, we do read about him again in the Psalms, uh, just in one verse. But really, that's all we get. Uh, from the old covenant of the exactly. figure of Melchizedek.
1: And that one little passage in Psalm 110 says, it's David actually prophesying about the Messiah. You think he's talking about himself, but he can't be, and I'll tell you why. What he says in verse 4 of Psalm 110, he says, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now the thing is, is that he couldn't have been prophesying about himself, that God was not telling David, you're a priest before God forever. Because there was a law in Israel that said that the priests were not allowed to fulfill the duties of the king And the king was not allowed to fulfill the duties of the priest And we see an example of that when King Saul was waiting for Samuel to turn up and offer some sacrifices He got impatient and thought, oh, I can't wait, I'm I'm running out of time and everybody's going to run away So I will offer the sacrifices And when Samuel turned up, he said, the Lord is tearing your kingdom away from you Mm. So you know, there was no crossover between roles. But the, the thing about Melchizedek was that he was a king and a priest who served the one true God. And this is before the nation of Israel had been formed. This was the days of Abraham. And it was before the law had been given. And so God was saying that he was going to bring one, this one forward who was going to be in the order of Melchizedek, which means he had to be a king and a priest.
0: This is outlined carefully in Hebrews 7. There's a, a long list of characteristics that are given in that chapter on Melchizedek.
1: Well, he was the king of Salem, and Salem means peace, so he's the king of peace. He was a priest before the Most High God. His name means king of righteousness. He had no mother, no father, and no family lineage, no beginning and no end. He has a perpetual priesthood before God. That means he's eternal. Mm. Um He held the right to receive tithes. He was a priest before the establishment of Aaron's family. And there was no temple in Salem. Um, And there's no mention of sacrifices. There could have been. It's just speculation. Um, But he was, from what we can see, he was the only priest. Like there wasn't like a whole family of priests working alongside Mm. of him. So for the most part, he was a lone priest.
0: But he was also a king. And that raises the question: Was he a theophany, a pre-incarnate revelation of Jesus?
1: You would look at that, and you would think so.
0: Well, um, certainly you've got those few little things there with, you know, no mother and father, no beginning and yeah. end. But that may just be that it, that information isn't given. Not that he didn't have a father and mother, but uh, that information isn't given. Yeah. But maybe we can get some help from verse fifteen in Hebrews seven, where it says, "And this is clearer still: if another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek.
1: It's very, very curious wording because if you look at those two words, I mean, you're talking about two ordinary words. You're not even talking about, you know, some secret mystical Hebrew word. (laughs) You're just looking at the word another and the word likeness. And the word another means not one of the same nature, form, class or kind. It's different. And the word likeness means... Um, similitude or something similar, something resembling or corresponding to. So you kind of scratch your head and Hmm. go, so is this talking about the same character or another character who is in the likeness of? So again, you get to the question, is Melchizedek a pre-incarnate Jesus or not? We don't know.
0: And I guess really it's that verse there that would suggest Possibly not. Because without that, you could very easily argue from the Genesis account, yep, he ticks all the boxes. But it's that verse in Hebrews that adds a little bit of doubt, doesn't it?
1: Exactly. But do you know what? We don't need to fight about it. (laughs) You know know what? Dr. Chuck Missler probably knows the answer to that question (laughs) now. He probably knows it absolutely. And he taught on this. It's one of those things we don't know. Let's not fight about it. But what is at issue here is that God prophesied through David that he was going to raise up one who would be in the order of or the likeness of Melchizedek, which means he had to be a priest and a king. There, all autom- automatically gives you a hint that the Aaronic or Levitical priesthood that was established was going to be in- incomplete to start with because they weren't allowed to be kings. Mm. So, you know, Aaron was born, you know, hundreds of years after. Abraham, I mean, the, the the Israelites had to go into Egypt as a family and then there was 400 years of slavery. So it's 400 plus years that they, that they were in Egypt before they finally came out and then Aaron becomes priest. And so therefore you have the establishment of the Aaronic priesthood. None of them kings. In fact, you would think to be a king and a priest that the one God was talking about would actually come from the Levitical tribe, but he actually doesn't. Mm. It was prophesied that he would come from Judah. We'll look at that next time. But the thing was, Jesus said something very curious. We know that his natural mother was Mary, who was in the family lineage of King David. But you get your inheritance through your father, and his father was God the Father. Okay, His inheritance came through his stepfather which was Joseph but he knew Jesus actually knew he wasn't in the lineage of Abraham and everybody gasps at this point but if you read John 8:58 you tell me what it says
0: it says truly truly I say to you before Abraham was born I am
1: so therefore he knew he wasn't actually of the DNA lineage of mm. Abraham because he was God incarnate
0: So we'll continue to study next time, continuing to compare and contrast Melchizedek and Aaron and see how Jesus is the superior priest over all of them. That's next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations.